Welcome to the Plutonomics Podcast with Lori Cammy and Barnaby Levin. The word Plutonomics means the study of wealth. It's our mission to educate, to help clients think about their goals and how they might benefit from working with an advisor to achieve them. But more importantly, it's to make sure our listeners understand both the pros and cons of any issue so they can make informed decisions and increase the odds of finding the right answer for them. You see, it's not who's right or wrong, but knowing there are no disinterested parties or unbiased opinions and that where you sit depends on where you stand. The challenge to making good decisions is to start by questioning one's assumptions and to break free of our prejudices because the truth usually lies somewhere in between. There are always two sides to every issue, both of which have merit. Last week, we asked, what do you do when shift happens? Because it's easy to be overwhelmed by all the statements people make as though they're fact, when, in fact, it's simply their opinion. Remember, most of these people in politics or otherwise are almost never held accountable for the impact they might have on other people's lives or for the consequences their policies might have on the country. But the truth is, it's hard to know what's true. So better not to accept anything at face value and, as Cat Stevens says, Take your time, think a lot. But there is one thing we did point out, and that's how with a 13-month lag, there's a very strong correlation between core CPI and the M2 money supply, which peaked in March 2021 when we passed the $1.9 trillion COVID relief plan. We said, if our representatives in Congress can just stop from spending any more of our money, By this time next June, inflation will be back to 2.5% on its own due to the forces of supply and demand. In the meantime, we want to focus today on what will soon enough be a critical consequence of one of the demographic trends we've often referred to in our podcasts, which is the aging of the baby boomers. We're going to break this into two parts, focusing today on the problem and the challenges this transition will pose. And next week, if not the solution the opportunities they'll create. Today, borrowing from one of the Beatles' most popular songs, the one that goes, Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Hey, how along if you like. <laughs> well, back in 1956 when Paul McCartney wrote the song, or in 1967 when the Beatles recorded it, that was considered old. Even ancient Yet he goes on to say, you'll be older too. And if you say the word, I could stay with you. Statistically speaking, of the 76 million baby boomers born from 1946 to 1964, a generation who started turning 65 in 2011 will, over the next eight years, add 10,000 more to those in retirement every single day. But what most people don't know is that with the median age of 60, their average savings is only $112,000. And as of now, one-third have no savings at all. (sighs) Thankfully, those numbers don't apply to our clients themselves, but it will impact them in unforeseen ways because they'll have to deal with it. Some of us have been warning about this for years like the Brookings Institute in an article titled The Aging of America, Will the Baby Boom 
be ready for retirement. It rhetorically asked this in June 1997, more than 25 years ago. But since then, nothing has been done. The best solution, of course, would be a combination of things, from cutting benefits and entitlements to raising taxes and the retirement age, and then holding the money in a separate account so it can't be spent along with a general fund ahead of time. There have been all kinds of proposals to cap, for example, the annual cost of living increase to take pressure off our Social Security and Medicare funds. And what a concept for Congress to insist on a balanced budget, you know, like companies need to do to make sure they're cash flow positive and that they operate in a long-term, sustainable fashion every year. But with the exception of four years, from 1998 to 2001, we've run deficits every year since 1970, no matter who was in power. In my opinion, we could and should have raised the minimum wage ages ago and opened centers for early child care so mothers didn't have to leave the workforce to care for their children or their elder parents. So they would have earned an extra cushion from which to save in the first place or they weren't forced to limit themselves when it came to things like career choice or mobility. Or needing to drop out of college, where instead of which pronoun to use, we should have been teaching our kids about income statements and balance sheets. Again, we could have been offering greater incentives for people to save, requiring them, on the one hand, to open tax-deferred retirement accounts, while reforming our pension system, on the other, in simple incremental ways, limiting, for example, who would be eligible when. All of these things could have been taken in baby steps. But when added together, they would have made a huge difference by now through what I often call managing the 1%, where small changes have big impact. Barnaby's right. For more than 25 years, the explosion in costs for health care have been known. And starting in 2020, Social Security's outgo started to exceed its income, forcing us to begin dipping into the $3 trillion trust to cover benefits. And at today's rates, those reserves will be depleted by 2035. But as bad as that is, Medicare is even worse. According to estimates, Medicare Part A, which subsidizes hospitals and other inpatient care, will run out of money by 2026. Now, that doesn't mean people will get zero. It just means there'll be a drastic cut of at least 25% because the benefits paid out will only equal whatever we take in through the Social Security payroll tax, but it's going to hurt. There is one important thing that isn't getting much attention, however, perhaps because it's not easy to admit or talk about. How many elderly Americans do you think need a caregiver today, whether because of mental or physical infirmity? According to AARP, it's 70% of the people over age 65. And according to a study by Harvard, as boomers cross into their 80s starting just four years from now, the number of single-person households will grow from 4.7 million in 2018 to 10.1 million by 2038, and many of them are likely to suffer from cognitive decline. In fact, according to the Cleveland Clinic, it's estimated that as many as half of people 85 years and older will have dementia and won't be able to take care of themselves. On the positive side, the recent rise in interest rates to 3% on one- and two-year treasuries, for example, is helping retirees to finally get a cash-on-cash return. 
Though again, with inflation running at 8% or more, their net is still negative. Inflation, as we've discussed in several podcasts, is already beginning to slow, sequentially and on a year-over-year basis. But to this point, it's risen for most things older people use and need most, including medical care, heating their homes, and getting to and from wherever it is they want to go. And the prices they pay, while they may not rise as much going forward, they aren't going down anytime soon. That's what we call sticky inflation. Finally, home prices and rents have zoared nationwide. And while that's a good thing for most of us who own one or more, between that and the rapid rise in mortgage rates, affordability is at an all-time low for those now looking to buy. So here's something positive. All those statistics on savings I spoke of earlier, none of them included anything from housing or inheritance, which is no small matter, because a fair number of boomers either own their home or will be beneficiaries of estates from their folks. Counting that maybe gets us to two-thirds, who may have enough to get by at a minimum level at least. So that just leaves a third, again, who have nothing at all and who will need our support. However... The estate tax sunsets on December 31st, 2025. It's just around the corner. So that's a plus and a minus. It's a minus, of course, for our clients who rank in the top 10% and may have to pay much more in taxes when their parents die. But the positive is whatever additional revenue the government gets from any higher tax, well, that money may find its way into Social Security and Medicare where it is needed most. And hopefully something will finally be done on the immigration front so that we can help those less fortunate coming from other countries while enlarging the available pool of workers here. Well, you know I'm all for immigration, Laurie, when it's legal. I just think our borders need to be respected, like we expect them to be in other parts of the world, and that there's a process which we could certainly expedite. But I am astonished how foreign students attending our college aren't simply given a green card when they graduate with an accelerated path to citizenship. That's precisely the kind of entrepreneurial people we want and need and who made America great in the first place. Again, it's simply unbelievable how after educating them, we do nothing to keep them from taking that knowledge and going home. People like that will, over a lifetime, do far more than simply pay a bit more in taxes or do backbreaking work in the fields in the baking sun. That's right. They'll create companies, start new industries, and offer jobs to thousands of people at every level of the financial spectrum. Well, please join us next week. And as I said, we'll discuss some of the opportunities this will create. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. And if you did, Please share it with friends and family so they can enjoy it too. This is Lori Cammy and Barnaby Levin for the Plutonomics Podcast signing off. LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth are a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC and advisory services through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not 
and offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and any investment opportunities referenced may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced are from sources believed to be reliable and any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Neither LK Wealth and Asset Management, LCK Wealth, or Hightower shall in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or for statements or errors contained in or admissions from the obtained data and information referenced. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.